Hi, beautiful creepsters. This is Mariah and my cat Sierra from California. You're listening to Sinister Sightings with Donna and Carrie. Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 154. Hey, did y'all just hear Mariah kick ass with Sierra? That little meow, uh, be still my heart. Did you want to go, this beat is Sierra? Oh, no. <laughs> Didn't, uh, now I understand where you, but no. Supersonic funky fresh? Oh, Lord. Hypnotic? That's all I know. Okay. <laughs> beat something right through my chest? I don't know. That's all I got. Okay, bye. No, just keep going. No, literally, that's all I got. <laughs> so now we got people doing it with their kids, with their animals, all the things, and they're kicking ass. If you want to do an intro that's kicking ass just like them, head on over to patreon.com slash the APC podcast. Okay, the first one. They said, before I start, sorry if something is misspelled. I type fast as hell, and sometimes you don't notice, even when you review your writings a couple of times. Well, now, hello, ladies. First of all, I love your accents. Your accents are the most delightful things to hear and your laugh is contagious. You really are quite the pair. I'm also super involved in the group. I'm Pia. Maybe you remember or maybe not, but that's unimportant right now. And yeah, we remember you. Today, I bring you Mexican horror stories, ladies, so buckle up. Well, my first story is something a colleague told me. Both of us are teachers. You know the joke of this school was built over a cemetery? At least we joke about that a lot in Mexico. I don't think that's a joke here, but... No. I was going straight to the those who can't do teach. Right. Yeah, same. Well, that shit is real in this case. The school's name is... Y'all, I'm going to butcher this. Like, butcher it. Escuela de Pension Viejo, or the School of the Old Cemetery. And I assure you, there are dozens of corpses in there still. They said they moved all of them, but I don't believe it. You can imagine all the stories there are about this school. Well, one day after school, when the teachers were delivering the kids to the parents, they had finished for the day until my colleague saw a girl running upstairs. She was freaked out, not sure if she saw it or not. At the end, she told the principal, and the principal said, well, we can't leave any child in here. We need to make sure. You can imagine when they went upstairs, there was no little girl or anyone for that matter. That's not the only story I heard about that school. One student of mine used to attend there, and she told me there was this old well, and everyone could listen to voices coming from there. The second story is about the house of one of my best friends, but first, you need some historic context. In 1926, the government wanted to create a secular state. That infuriated the Mexican church, of course. That meant to lose power and money. That ended up becoming a war that lasted three years. Because of that, people started to make tunnels from houses or different places that ended in some church. Well, my friend's house was one of them. They had a tunnel she never saw because someone closed it. I'm not sure if it was her family or some previous owners. Not only that, but when they were renewing the house, they found some skulls buried. My friend was always scared of being alone in her house. One day, she told me that the lights went out. She rathered wait outside until the lights came back on. She literally was sitting outside her door. She also told us that she could hear things and some things 
moved around. This house was in a really good zone, so the rent was super expensive. And for that reason, her mother decided to transform the house into stores to rent. One of them, a clothing store, was always looking for employees because people kept quitting very quickly when they discovered things move and shit like that. I personally never saw anything, but I can tell you the vibe of that place was weird for sure. Last story. This isn't a ghostly one, but a karma is a bitch one. There were these rich dudes. Two friends, pieces of shit, that felt untouchable because they had money. One day, they were speeding really fast in the middle of the streets without a care in the world. They ended up killing a mom with her small girl. They showed no remorse. Of course, because they had money, they didn't spend a single day in prison. Eventually, both of those dudes ended up in a car accident. One of them died and the other lost a leg. The one that died was the one driving the day of the killing. For now, these are my stories. Also, Donna, there's a super famous cemetery in Guadalajara called El Pation de Belin. You would have tons of ghost stories and legends to tell about that place. Well, ladies, thank you so much for reading. Not sure if this would make the cut, but Carrie would sleep another night knowing their stories aren't over yet. All my love, Pia. You know us too well, and thank you so much for the recommendation. Um, Hopefully, I didn't butcher everything that you said. I'm so glad you got that one, because you know I would. Also, I love your accent that you get when you do a Spanish accent. That's why I get super nervous, because when I lived in Houston and I would try, uh, I had this coworker that would make fun of me. Because Why? of my country accent with it. Yeah. He would be like, make it fun of me. Be like, hola, you know, to right. make fun of me. So I get super, super nervous and intimidated when I try to say anything. I'm sorry. People are so blech. They really are the worst. But, you know, it's okay. It just makes me appreciate people who aren't native English speakers, though, and their nervousness to, like, mispronounce English words, you know. Mm-hmm. So hopefully I make them more comfortable because I was made uncomfortable. Right. You know who else was uncomfortable? Her friend who was like, uh, peace, I'll stay out here until the lights come back on. Uh, for real. She said, mama didn't raise no fool. (laughs) All right, the next one. Hi, Lauren here again with more as promised. Hope you're both doing well and ready for a tough story today. In the 90s, my dad was a prison officer who would sometimes escort prisoners to court and then wait in court with them. He did this in 1999 when he was in court with an awful man named David Smith. But today, this story starts before that, though, to talk about more crimes he committed. This all takes place around London. David Smith was over six feet tall and weighed approximately 18 stone or 250 pounds. When he was 20, he was convicted of raping a young mother in front of her two children and served four years for this. Four years? What the fuck? Right. When he was released, he was working as an unlicensed taxi driver and attacked a woman after locking all the car doors. Jesus. She had to kick through the windscreen to escape. Smith was then charged with unlawful imprisonment and only received a suspended sentence. What? He was later charged with attempting to rape and stab a sex worker at a hotel with a knife. However, the woman didn't show up to court to give evidence. Now, I heard this story from my dad, but also did my own research to find out more, which, by the way, made me appreciate you guys even more because, ugh, this was only one story and my head hurts. This man was described by a judge as extremely dangerous to women and likely to remain so. Uh, yeah, he did it two times. Oh, my gosh. 
1993, he was acquitted of killing Sarah Crump, who was 33. Her body had been found a couple of years earlier in 1991 at her home in her bed. She was a hospital secretary and was doing sex work to help boost her income. Smith told the court he went to sex workers because other women often rejected him because of his size. In court, Smith admitted he went to her home, but when he left, she was, quote, alive and well. Trigger warning for some graphic info here. The court heard he stabbed her, had cut off her breast, and severed her neck muscles, then watched her die. The reason he was found not guilty is because the jury heard the woman in charge of the case had been covering up evidence. This information was very vague online, but Dad said when he went to court in 1999 over another murder Smith committed, spoiler alert, This case was brought up against him, and apparently when they had searched his home for evidence, they had done so a few minutes before the search warrant was actually signed or approved, and this meant the evidence couldn't be used, basically. So after he was found not guilty, they let him go, and the person in charge of the case said the case was closed as they weren't looking for anyone else. Skip to 1999, Smith is now 43 and is being jailed for life for the rape, brutal mutilation, and murder of 21-year-old Amanda Walker. Smith had picked her up in Sussex Gardens, London, after attending an adult party and was feeling rowdy. Amanda's blood-soaked clothes were found in an alleyway about a mile away from Smith's house. Since Smith was already known to Scotland Yard for his sex crimes towards women, his name flagged up on the list of sex offenders who lived close to where the clothes were. It was discovered that his blood matched some of the blood on Amanda's clothes. Her body was found in a shallow, leafy grave in a wooded area that was often frequented by lovers and sex workers two days after the clothes were found. In court, he said that his blood was on her clothes because he had tripped and his lip was bleeding, and Miss Walker had tended to him. Smith also said he engaged in sexual foreplay with the victim, but had left her unharmed, which is the same story he gave for Sarah Crump, and this time the jury didn't believe him. The judge told him, you've been found guilty on very strong evidence of a brutal murder. Anyone who has heard what you did to that unfortunate young woman must be horrified and revolted. Again, serious trigger warning as I tell you what the court heard about her injuries. Smith had boasted to another inmate who was in for sexual assault about what he had done to this woman, and the man was so appalled, he told the police. That's got to be really fucking bad. Right? He had used a knife and had inserted it into her vagina and used it in a sawing motion. I don't know how else to describe it, and he apparently did this before and after raping her. Smith had also wrapped her in polythene and covered her mouth and nose with his hand, and this is when she died. This piece of shit went to jail for life, and it's suspected he's responsible for a couple of other murders as well. This will be all for today, since this took me like an hour. We'll be back soon to continue telling you about the house I grew up in and other stories. Thank you both for being you. Lots of love, Lauren. Wow. You know, I feel like the family of the last victim could totally sue for them botching that first. I mean, like, obviously... Like, we're so litigious, blah, 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 blah. But, like, no, their fuck-up literally caused someone else to get murdered. Yes. Like, I understand human error, but, like, you know the rules. You know the protocols. Like, again, human error, it happens, but, like, you know that you have to have a warrant before you can search something. Yeah. Like, that's 
like me seeing a patient without an order, you know, right. for therapy. Like I have to have an order from a doctor to see them. You have to have a warrant to search their property. Like it is what it is. Right. Wow. That is heartbreaking. Glad he finally got put away for life. If a, another inmate is like, no, bro, this is nasty. Right? Listen to what this dude did. Like, it's bad. Yeah. Like, another inmate in for, like, sexual assault, too. Yeah. And then for him to say that he went to sex workers and raped and beat them and all of that, but he went to sex workers because other people made fun of his weight. No, they just didn't like him because of weight. First of all, that's, like, the size of everybody. You're not that big. He's 240 <laughs> pounds. Right. Well, and it's, like, you no, know, the people you wanted to be interested in you didn't want you. And it might have nothing to do with your size. You sound like a garbage human being. Yeah, maybe it's... Oh my God, someone said I sound like I say bean. And I totally do. I literally just heard it. But here's the thing. It's like, this happened on a dating site one time. And it's like, oh, you don't like me because blah, 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 blah. And it's like, okay, why don't you get the chip off your shoulder? Because maybe... I Remember remember this conversation? Mm -hmm. I was like, don't help me with the wording. But (laughs) why don't you get the chip off your shoulder? And maybe I saw something in your profile I didn't like, and it doesn't have anything to do with X, Y, and Z of your fucking appearance. Right. Maybe you had kids, and I didn't want kids. Maybe you, you know, smoke. Donna doesn't want to date a smoker. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. It's like there there might be other things about you that I'm not interested in, and it's not what you're jumping to. Maybe it's that you're boring as fuck. Right? I know. People are allowed to have preferences. Completely agree. It's okay if you're not those preferences. Some people don't like big dating big people. That's totally fine. That doesn't mean that I can't find somebody that's right for me. Because if they don't find me attractive, then they don't find me attractive. Right. Colby likes my belly. That's part of why we work. Because <laughs> it keeps growing. <laughs> same, girl. Same. But seriously, I hate when people weaponize other people's preferences. Yeah, you know, I agree with that. It's not, if you're not mean about it, then it's a preference. It's fine. Yeah, it's like, again, let's take our, our weight. Like, it's okay if you like women and you happen to not like women who are big. That's totally fine. But don't be like, I don't like you. You're a fat bitch. Exactly. Okay, well, I didn't ask you to like me. You swiped on me. Yeah, we match. So there's that. Yes, 100. But I totally agree with you. Don't weaponize your preference. Just have it. Yes. And vice versa. People don't weaponize it against them. Yes. Just because you don't want to date a fat girl doesn't mean you hate all fat girls. Right. Or all fat people. And I know, like, we say fat, but I I feel like it's okay to say fat. Like, yes. don't call it, don't be like, you're fat and disgusting, because those things are not synonymous. But, right. I mean, I'm, I'm fat. Yeah. I, I feel there's no bad, people have made it bad, but fat's not a bad word. Like, it's not. It's a fucking adjective. Right. So there's that. I'm I'm like, oh, that's what you're coming at me with? Cool. Well, those are facts. But Yeah, uh, you're right. I am. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. I mean, it does nothing for me. Like, Oh, it hurts my feelings. But. <laughs> <laughs> it does not on me because I'm like, <laughs> trust, mirror, I understand. Well, because they're using it in the mean way. Right. I'm like, if that's all you have, like, go back. Go back and work on those jokes, those insults, please. Because Donna will go straight for the jugular. <laughs> Don't get me mad. But going back to your story, when he said that, it just made me so mad because it's like, no, you're a fucking incel. That's what you are. Mm-hmm. You know, like, they didn't like me because I'm big. No, that's not it. And you didn't have to go and murder people who you feel are less than you because that's why you're murdering them. Because people didn't, like, someone didn't go out with you. I, I don't know. Ugh. Not to, like, harp on the word fat, too, but I really feel like it's, like, how the LGBTQ community took queer back and, like, 
it used to be used like as an insult and all and now they're like no this is our word like yeah this is this is our word and you don't get to use it against us in a negative connotation and i feel like that's not the same obviously but i feel like people who are fat have like started to try to take that word back and be like you're not going to use that against me like you're not going to use it like i'm less than or i'm not as good or whatever because I'm fat. Like I just happen to, I just happen to have bigger fat cells than you. Right. Well, that was a soapbox we didn't mean to go get on, but you know, here we are. Got a good weight limit. Sorry, bad joke. The so- oh, the soapbox. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> bad joke. Because <apparently>. <laughs> <laughs> we were both on it. Get it? Yeah, I get it, but I didn't. I did. I guess I just wasn't listening because I was like scrolling yeah. to the next story. The next one is: Did she just try to kill him? Hello. I've been meaning to send this email for a while now, but, you know, shit happens. So I have a couple of short stories, then the main one. So here we go. The first one is about a reoccurring dream I've had since I was a kid. It's been a while since I had this dream, but this is what I can remember. There was a huge house, but it was very run down and abandoned in the middle of this swampy area. Carrie's ass. Permanently. (laughs) It's a permanent address. (laughs) It was always nighttime in this dream, but I can't remember the exact details. But there's this thing in the house, and it's pulling my mouth wide open to the point where my jaw breaks. Thanks for that visual. Right? What in the saw? I know there's more that happens, but this is the part I can remember, because when I wake up, my jaw is always sore. Mm-hmm. I wonder if you're like like really snoozing and your mouth is really wide open mm. and your jaw gets sore. Story two. So I just recently moved out of a house that I lived in for the past six years. I lived with my parents and maybe something else. There was this one time where I was standing there talking to my mom and my dad. And all of a sudden, this pitcher that we had on top of our fridge fell off and broke. And yeah, maybe it was a coincidence, but there was nothing else around it, and it was sitting in the middle on top of the fridge. There were other incidents of random things falling when no one was around the object. So was it something that liked to scare us, or were they all coincidences? I guess we'll never know, but I like to think it was my grandpa trying to scare us because he was a prankster. And would be the type of person to do that. My final story is about this lady who pretty much admitted to trying to kill her husband. So I live in this small town in Montana, and if we want to do any kind of shopping besides grocery shopping, we have to drive about an hour. So about three years ago, maybe four, who knows, I was playing hooky from work to hang out with my mom and my aunt from California. I know I shouldn't have, but oh well, it was a one time. My aunt wanted to go to the yarn store. She loves to knit and crochet. So we have to drive an hour just to go. So when we get there, we find that the store is closed. So we thought we'd come back a little later to see if it was open. But that's when this elderly lady came and opened the door and apologized for being late. We said, no worries, we can come back later if needed. But she was like, no, come on in. I'm just running behind today. So we go in and of course, we're the only ones there. And we start walking around and she again apologizes for opening late. And she says she's having a rough time lately because her husband just passed away We're like, oh my God, so sorry for your loss. We can definitely come back. And she said, no, it's okay. Don't worry about it. He wanted to die. Um, okay. My aunt says, we're sorry and asks if he was sick. Nope, he just wanted to die. So now we're like, the fuck is going on? So we're walking around looking at everything and she casually mentions that, oh yeah, he fell down the stairs after having some drinks and was laying there moaning. So she threw a pillow down to him but didn't call anyone to help. She literally left him there all night. And it turns out he had a fucking broken leg. It was the next morning when she finally called the ambulance to come get him. 
And these details, I can't remember 100%, but I want to say he broke his femur. And then while he was recovering from surgery, he threw a clot. But again, I don't know 100% and he died. We literally don't know what to say. And she just volunteered this information while we were shopping, making small talk. And again, we were the only ones in the store. So who leaves her husband lying on the floor after falling slash being pushed down the stairs? We bought some things and fucking left. And we all came to the conclusion that she pushed him with the hopes he'd die. All right, that's all I have for you guys. Hope you enjoyed. Caitlin. What the hell? Oh my gosh. Man, that's that's the shit that happens to me. I don't like small talk. I don't want to do small talk. And the people just volunteer all of their information to me. And it's like shit like that. I'm that person who volunteers all the information. You really are. I get that honest from my mama. 100. And it used to drive me bonkers at a doctor's office. I'm like, they don't care. You're here for a toothache. They don't care that you had a tumor in whatever, 1999. Like, this is nothing. I am that person now. Literally that person. We know. And you tell all my shit, too. We know. (laughs) That's scary as fuck, though. I would have bought something, too. Even if I didn't want anything, I'd be like, I don't want to be on her bad side here. Here's some money. So, I don't know. If he was, like, a complete dickhead and was, like, this drunk that, like, beat her up or whatever, and she's like, you would stay there then. You know, I can kind of understand being, like, figured out, but, like, probably had a broken leg. Like, he was moaning, you know? Well, and it's, well, it just comes down to, he fell down the stairs. Like. Yeah, he didn't just like trip over the rug. Yeah. I'm not saying I would leave somebody there. I'm just saying like, if someone was like yeah. mean to you and they're like, I can fucking do it myself. Well, fucking do it then. Yeah. Catch you in the morning. Bye. That's what I mean. Yeah. I thought she was going to say, I threw a pillow down so he could have it and it smothered him or something. I'd be like, oh, no, honey. That's, That's not, not how, how that works. works. Get out of my head. This is not the same, but it reminded me of this time that me, my sister Susan, and Tiffany were on a cruise. And, you know, in the mornings, you just get, like, seated with rando people to Mm -hmm. fill up a table. Well, it was us three and this woman, this older woman, she was reading, like, a murder mystery or, like, some kind of novel, like, like, paperback book. And she would always order for her husband, but he never came. And... By chance, we ha- we sat with her like three times and every time she would order for him and he would never come. So we were all like, she ain't got a husband. Like, I don't know what she did, but like she either killed him or he is not here. Like he died and she's still like making him like be alive in her brain. Well, then at the end of the trip, I think it was Susan who saw her and she was like, he exists. I saw her <laughs> husband he exists. So she was probably like, okay, I'll meet you down there. I'm going to order for you. You, better, so you come. better come. And he never did. But, oh, my God. But we were like, this uh-uh, this is really weird. Because she would, like, talk about him. It, and she wasn't a very nice person either. So it was just like, yeah, something's up with this. I don't know. That's probably but, why he didn't ever come to breakfast. Probably. <laughs> Probably, but I will never forget. Be like, oh my god, he does exist. Also, I'm not the type to just like leave you in the room. Like, I would be like, no, I'll wait on you. Like, we're walking together. Like, yeah. I don't want to sit there and talk to strangers by myself. No, thank you. Right? If if I had to do that, I would just go to the buffet. Yeah, but those eggs Benedicts, though. I've never had. Uh, that. Why did I say multiple Benedicts? <laughs> oh, good. You're the one who likes multiple dicks. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> the next one. 
Ladies, let me begin by saying you are the best. You two make me laugh in public all the time while I listen to you on the metro or on long bike rides. I was once in a crowded elevator when Donna went into a giggle fit over the word chode and I snorted so loud. (laughs) That word still gets me. (laughs) Anyway, I have a lot of stories I've put off sending. I will start with a true crime story involving my brother who personally knew the Kansas City butcher. Shit. So, TBH, I'm not sure if you guys have covered the Kansas City Butcher, but if not, it's a doozy. So, we haven't. (laughs) Basically, back in the 80s, this guy used to take young male sex workers under his wing and into his home, all under the pretense of being a kind-hearted soul. In reality, he was brutally torturing and eventually murdering many of these men. I will call my brother S, and for reference, he is actually my half-brother, who is much older than me. He was about 21 and living in Kansas City at the time his friend Bob the Butcher was arrested. His official body count is six, but there may have been more victims. Keep in mind, he preyed on people he knew were less likely to be reported missing. Transient individuals who were runaways or perhaps had been kicked out by their families. Bob ran an antique stall at a Kansas City flea market called Bob's Bazaar Bazaar. Funny, but not that funny, Donna. <laughs> okay. It just—you know—you would go to that every time. It was no, one hundred. So you could be like, "How bizarre that this is in Bob's Bizarre Bazaar." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Where are you going, Triple B? <laughs> oh my god! I'm sorry. He's an awful person. You mean beady dubs? No, triple B's. <laughs> but going there after. S frequented the flea market in question, and Bob Stahl was a favorite of his. Apparently, Bob also made or maybe resold jewelry at his stall. S bought a few jewelry pieces from Bob for his mom, my dad's ex-wife, and she was such a fan of the jewelry that she asked S to introduce her to the owner of the quirky shop. Bizarre shop. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started again about that fucking name <laughs> now i'm like writing literally the commercial in my head like <laughs> oh, this is ridiculous donna go one day s got a frantic call from his mother she insisted she had seen bob on the news and they were digging up his backyard now his mother was a pretty eccentric woman and it would not be the first time she gave s a paranoid phone call in a hysterical state of course as we know she was unfortunately correct a victim managed to escape from bob's torture house he made his escape while bob was at work screaming and covered in small cuts police found all manner of tools used in his torture human remains buried in his yard and even a detailed time marked torture log documenting Bob's vile activities. A very creepy bonus to that is that S was very much Bob's type. Young, naive, somewhat reckless. If S had also been gay or even just in a more desperate situation, we suppose he could have fallen into Bob's snare himself. 
As a fun bonus, my brother S has been running his own antique bookshop in Toronto for about 15 years now. They specialize in all things peculiar and morbid. If you live in Toronto and are into weird shit, you may know the name of the shop in question. Stop by and ask the middle-aged guy with a beard about his old friend Bob down in KC. Also, is it Toronto or Toronto? I think it's Toronto, but I would have said Toronto because I suck. Same. You know I add T's where they're not supposed to be pronounced. We know often. It's acceptable. That's fucking horrible. I'm so glad that he was not a victim. Jesus, God. Right? Oh, my gosh. That's so scary. I could not imagine being like, oh, my God, like, I have jewelry. And if she loved the jewelry from him, like, what do you do? Like, a killer, a torturer, a terrible human being sell it to zach baggins oh yeah that's a good one make your money back but like you wouldn't want to wear them anymore that's like no. you don't know like what oh oh yeah i don't I, I don't think we've done that episode i tried looking in karen's episode guide that's on the facebook group that she made in google and i can't find it so either karen's slacking just <laughs> kidding. i don't think it's ever that no definitely not uh so we must not have done it but noted yeah, that sounds like a terrible story, but... Whew. Okay, the next one. Sinister sightings. Don't tell scary stories around kids. Hey, ladies, I'm Lindsay, and you can definitely use my name when reading this. I love your podcast so much. It keeps me entertained during my long days at my desk at work. The story I'm going to tell you is technically my dad's story, but it needs to be told. A little background. He's a DJ, so sometimes going to events requires a little bit of traveling. Well, one night, he was asked to DJ a prom in a town that's about an hour or so away. I went along to help him, which I do every now and then. And this night, my niece also went. At the time, she was about eight years old. The easiest way to get there is by taking back roads instead of getting on the interstate that is always packed and busy. We go and do the event and then stop on the way home to get some food. By this time, it was a little later at night, so the back roads were very dark. I made a comment to my dad about how dark it really was, and he was like, well, I have something to tell you about this road. One of the nights, he used to DJ during the week at a club with a band he knows. He was coming back on that road, and it was in the middle of the night. He said he was driving along and saw a girl standing on the center line. He said he blinked a couple of times to make sure he was really seeing it. He didn't really think too much of it at first, considering there was a college town close by, and young people can do crazy things when they're drinking. He got a little closer to the girl and actually swerved out around her. After he passed her, he looked back in his side mirror to see if she was standing there, and when he did, he said that she was glaring right back at him in his mirror, and her eyes were glowing. He said that he can remember to this day what she was wearing, a floral skirt, a white tank top, and she had long hair. At this point, I was speechless. The reason I believe this so much is that my dad and I are one in the same and don't bullshit anything. He would never make up a story like this. Also, being on this road a few times myself and how creepy it is, it really doesn't surprise me. After hearing this, a couple of days later, I tried to do research on if anything had happened on that road, like a car accident or something, and I couldn't find anything. I really hope you enjoy this story, and if you have any ideas on how else I could find some info or maybe what happened to that girl, let me know. FYI, a little tip. Don't tell a scary story like that when your eight-year-old niece is in the back seat, and she then is scared to sleep in her own room. 
Whoops. Creep it real. Lindsay from PA. Um, every urban legend I know says don't look in your rearview mirror. And while I look, while I realized he looked in his side mirror, um, he still broke the rules a little. He sure did. My mama taught me a lot. And that is one thing she said. And I listened to her. And you know how hard that is for me to do? Because I'm so nosy. Oh, God. Also, not me wanting to know what y'all ate. <laughs> <laughs> pictured like a diner did you picture a diner yeah Ooh, with some good cherry coke oh that is way too sweet i can't believe your dad still drives that road though uh-uh gotta do what you gotta do get to work on time true says the girl who's never on time to work and i mean me uh, both all right next one hello beautiful creeksters my name is shalice and you can use my name i hope i said that correctly I've been listening to y'all for a month and a half, and I already caught up on all the episodes. Cool! (laughs) So, from about 5 to 12 years old, I was very sensitive to the paranormal. As a little girl, I had a quote-unquote imaginary friend Mm -hmm. named Emily. And yes, air quotes around imaginary, and you'll see why. My parents always thought it was so cute that I made up a friend to talk to since I'm an only child. Well, one day, I was about six years old, and I was playing tag with Emily. I ran from my parents' room to the living room, and I heard my mom gasp and drop the glass. Well, she saw Emily running behind me. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that was so funny to me. You had Bob's Bizarre Bizarre moment right there. Could you imagine being like, okay, Emily, you want your place here at the table? And then like everything (laughs) has, you know, come to this point and you're like, it's like a montage of all the Emily moments in her (laughs) brain. And she's like, wait, the call is coming from inside the house. Oh my God. Emily had on a long white goldish dress and her hair was long and curly. She looked like she was alive in the 1800s or early 1900s. I used to talk to her all the time and I thought that was normal. I used to play dolls with Emily as well. This was the first time she appeared to my mom and that was the last time she appeared to me. I don't think she meant to show herself to my mom and got scared and left. I've seen two other ghosts. My late aunt has appeared to me in a dream before. I have many other stories to share, such as the time I felt like I was being watched in my aunt's house. And later on, once they moved, she told me that a guy died in that house. There is way more to that story, and I will be happy to share. Also, about that time, my mom saw the Bloody Mary and a little devil running around her closet. So let me know if you want me to send more because I have plenty. Until then, I love the podcast. Y'all have helped me get through my finals this semester because college tried it. Anyway, creep it real and don't get scared. I just cannot imagine your mom. Like, <laughs> like straight, like, pity, 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 boop. <laughs> like, and then, like, the yeah, other stuff follow thing. her behind and it's oh. like, <laughs> way to tick. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But it seems like your mom's sensitive, too. Mm-hmm. I want to know all the stories. Definitely the Bloody Mary one. And I, I can't say, say it again because I've already said it twice, okay? Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. You better. Bloody Mary. You just kind of looked up and it might have been a reflection. <sighs> God. The Do- Donna is so scared of Bloody Mary. I don't know I if am. I want you to send in that story of Bloody Mary. Because she's going to freak her freak. There is not a bathroom that doesn't have a light on. Like when I'm in the bathroom, I don't care if it's three in the morning and I just have to pee. That light goes on. Not my light. My light doesn't come on and my eyes don't open. <laughs> uh-uh. Not me. You you know that TikTok that's like, ah, ah, ah. Uh, uh, uh. 
<laughs> that is uh, me. Uh, uh, I don't know why it sounded like. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, like I was the chef from Little Mermaid. Yes. Oh, my God. But I, who, that is me, Bloody Mary. I don't mess with her. She doesn't mess with you. You don't mess with her. <laughs> I also used to do that about Beetlejuice. I don't know why. Well, because he's three times. I know, but like, it's <laughs> fucking Beetlejuice. <laughs> okay. This one is The Day My Guardian Angel Saved Me. Hey, ladies, I've been listening for a while, but somehow I ended up on episode four of Sinister Sightings. I don't know how I missed it before, but anyway, I have a similar story. When I was 17, my mom sent me to my aunt's house to pick up some things. As I was driving this country back road, I met a car that seems to be going extremely fast. We actually met at a railroad crossing, and I thought this car was going to fly. I remember saying to myself, if they don't slow down, they're going to wreck. As soon as I thought that, I heard a voice say, buckle up now. It scared me so bad. I buckled that seatbelt. I continue driving and just can't shake what just happened. All of a sudden, my right rear tire blew and sent me rolling. I remember opening my eyes, looked out the window, and all I could see was the ground scraping the car because I was on my side sliding. When I hit the ditch, I went flying, just like I imagined the other car would. There was a man coming from the other direction who already told 911 that the person in the car was for sure dead. He said he counted seven flips, maybe more, front to back. I didn't roll side to side. I was flipping the length of the car. Had that voice not warned me, I would have been ejected and I'm sure I would not have survived. I crawled out with bruises and airbag burn. I was extremely lucky. Thank you for reading my story and keeping me occupied at work. I love you both. Amy whoa wow when you said front to back like my mouth was like whoa just when the man who saw that oh my heart would have fell out of my ass yeah that's so scary so scary i'm so glad you survived that you really do have a guardian angel yes somebody's watching out for you that day for sure all right last one Hey ladies, I emailed before about my former place of work and there being two deaths and some hauntings. Update, I still have on my annoying fake nails. They were $70. You best know I'm wearing them till they break off. (laughs) Anyways, I just went through a terrible on and off again relationship that took so much from me. And listening to you guys laughing and having fun together makes me feel a thousand times better. Here's a story about my house. We moved in when I was in third grade. Before we moved in, I went to go look at the house with my parents and brother. My parents were off doing their thing and my brother and I were playing hide and seek. When we came back upstairs from playing, a freaking radio was on that wasn't on before. My parents were nowhere around there to turn it on. That was just the beginning though. Growing up, I used to freak myself out by watching creepy ass shows that kept me up at night. Obviously, since I listened to this podcast, I never grew out of it. Anyways, I used to wake up at random times in the night hearing a huge clanging noise against my metal headboard, hearing things fall or hearing noises above my head in the attic. One time, I was the only one at home with my stepdad. My sister was in labor at the hospital and, of course, I was up all night anxious to meet my nephew. It was probably like around 11.30 p.m. and my bed started rattling. Yes, shaking and all. I still remember the feeling of it moving underneath me. One time when I was home alone, it was completely dark out. My dog was freaking me the fuck out. 
First, she was staring up at the corners of the ceiling. I could deal with that. But what I couldn't deal with is when she started barking and running downstairs into the dark basement. I thought my parents were home, so I went down to turn on the light. She was standing at my sister's door and barking into her dark room. I later learned that she would rarely ever go into that room, and if she did, it had to be with my mom or my sister. I forgot to mention that when we went to go look at the house before moving in, the basement was completely different. Picture it. You walk on through the front door and you're in a wide open room that leads to either the stairs or a storage room that leads to either the stairs, a storage room, or a workshop. The previous owners had some creepy ass table with tools and shit that was later converted to my sister's room. The second half of the open room was converted to another bedroom. In that space, though, there used to be a black old musty ass stool just sitting in the middle of the room. Literally the only furniture left in the house besides the radio. What the fuck? That stool now sits in the storage room, which leads to my next story. I was doing laundry in the storage room one time, and I heard my stairs creaking. Out of the corner of my eye, I saw something white. So I looked over, thinking it was my dog. No, 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 honey. I could see what looked like a white dress trailing around the corner. Now, right around the corner is the stairs, which are loud as hell. I couldn't hear anyone going up. I went to go look, and it wasn't my dog. Nothing was there. Later that week, I saw a white mist pass by my bed in the middle of the night when I couldn't sleep. The house is scary as hell, and even my parents have joked about seeing things. I'm now 20 years old, and I still get scared to be there alone. I forgot to mention that in my sister's room, my parents had an old record player slash radio that sat on the top of an electric heater that looked like a fireplace. I used to sleep down there when my grandma would stay over and there were many times that the radio and fireplace would turn on at night or I would hear things rustling behind me and moving around. I was always too scared to look, but it creeps me out all the time knowing that my baby nephew used to sleep in there alone. Megan. Uh-uh. Nope. I wonder what your dog saw. I, I don't. I don't want it. Well, I, mean, I wonder, <laughs> but I don't want to know. Yeah. Also, I've been seeing white out of the corner of my eye, but my dog is white. So I'm like, oh, it's just Marley. But sometimes it's like, mm, she asleep and that wasn't her. Like, I don't know. I've, I've been seeing it out of the corner of my eyes, like, I don't know, at least two weeks. And I just haven't said anything because obviously I think it's Marley or like a tag or dust or something like just whatever but i've been seeing it a lot and i'm smelling smoke again hmm. well um when i see white out of the corner of my eye, it's because my hair oh you true. know yeah so i just that's or that's what i tell myself i could be seeing a spirit fuck if i know but i tell myself it's my hair because it usually is <laughs> i think no i'm kidding it's my hair <laughs> oh my gosh you it might be one of your grays it, they are out to <laughs> but they real close i yeah, you got short-ass hair. Yeah. Ugh. But my grays are out. need to dye my hair. I can do it. Well, I need it. Everybody's like, okay, thanks for y'all's play-by-play for your weekend. <laughs> but uh, back to us. Right? One, why are kids fearless? Like, ooh, let's play hide-and-seek in this new place. I mean, I do the same thing. You have to play hide-and-seek. Well, you got to see, I mean, all the good hiding spots. Exactly. I mean, are there any? Exactly. Well, thank y'all so much for putting some of my fears aside because it cracks me up when y'all put in the emails like, we don't want Carrie to be afraid y'all are running out. So here's some more because I do still get afraid from that. So thank y'all for trying to make me feel better. And thank y'all for all of your kind words. Flattery gets you everywhere. 
Also, you know how we always say there's like a theme in here. There are so many people who are like, hey, I just wrote in or this is my second time writing in. Always something that ties it together. And it's like, I don't know, it just baffles me every time. I know. That's so cool. Thank y'all so much for sending in these stories. If you want your story read, send it into aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and don't get scared.